Hi, and welcome back to Best Friends and Their Books. I'm Shelby, and I'm here with my co-host, Tracy. Um, and today we are going to talk about our book of the month, uh, Bright Young Women by Jessica Knoll. First, we're going to jump into the books we've read. Um, we're going to do a little new segment this month called This or That, like bookstagram version. Um, then we'll get into the synopsis, and then we'll get into some questions. Yay. (laughs) Tracy, what have you read since we last um, recorded? Yeah, um, I have read, I read Educated, uh, which I know you read too. Yeah. I I didn't know what to expect going into that book, and it wasn't anything like I expected at all. Um, It was good, but I was just kind of like, at one point, I'm like, this is just people getting hurt after people getting hurt. Like, I was kind of like over like the, like, I'm like, how does this keep happening? Like they were the most like accident prone like, yeah. family. Which because of the way they lived, I'm sure, but it was yeah. still, how many times can we go through this, people? Um, I also listened to Thicker Than Water by Carrie Washington, which is her memoir, and I really enjoyed that. I didn't know that much about her prior. Um, but that was really good. I always see that one recommended, like for memoirs. Yeah. Um, I love her just from watching Scandal and uh, the few things that I've seen her in, but um yeah she's been through some stuff and it was really like yeah it's refreshing also I think always to hear someone speak their story and their voice like hearing her do it and so I really liked listening to that and then I also read or listened to Vera Wong's unsolicited advice for murderers which I was obsessed with that was my favorite I think that I've read so far in 2024 um it was like a thriller, but like a warm hug at the same time. And like Vera mm-hmm. Wong is the cutest character I think that I've ever read. And I just wish I had a Vera Wong in my own life. Um, and I also read the Divine Rivals, Ruthless Vows, um, duo books, mm-hmm. um, which I enjoyed the first one. The second one wasn't necessarily my favorite, but they were they were pretty good. And I'm currently reading A Court of Silver Flames. So I'm really excited to hopefully wrap up akatar even yeah. though i'm saying i'm wrapping it up and then i saw her interview this week saying that she's not done with the series yet so oh my gosh seriously yeah supposedly that's I don't crazy know. <laughs> yeah like thinking i'm gonna be done with but not that i mean like of course it, i like i'm starting i the first four books are nesta and then this fifth book is um i mean is uh Faye, and then this book is nesta and so i'm actually really liking it because i was kind of no offense to Nessa the sister I can't remember yeah okay and I, we I don't really know that much about her until this book but I'm really enjoying her character a lot more than I was enjoying Faye's character nice yeah what about you um I read I don't I might have mentioned this one last time because it looks like I was kind of like in the middle of it last time that we recorded um but I read A Familiar Stranger by A.R. Tor just like a good old run-the-mill suspense um thriller type of novel um the next one I read was it was called Striptease a a memoir of millennial Los Angeles um and that one was about a girl who worked for American Apparel um and how it was like kind of culty cult-like um and just like the time there is actually really huh love your cult stuff (laughs) I know they're interesting to read about I mean it wasn't like a real cult but it was like definitely culty vibes um, but it was just like really interesting to read about. I never shopped there before. Like I remember seeing it in the mall um, when we were younger, but never really thought twice about the store. Never stepped foot in there, so I don't really know what drew me to pick up this book. 
Um, but it was actually really interesting. Then I read Big Swiss by Jen Began, and this was like the wildest book I think I've read in a long time. Um, it was it's one of those books that like I read and like I didn't like it while I was reading, but as I've sat with it more, I'm like, I think maybe I could have rated it a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I didn't want it to end, but I did. It was very it was very weird. It was a the strangest book. Like if you ever end up reading it. And it's the big Swiss? Big Swiss. Yeah. It's about like this woman who's like a um transcriber for a sex therapist and she ends up like falling in love with one of the clients, like just by hearing their voice or whatever. And she kind of like weasels her way into that like woman's life. Wow. Um, but I don't know. Okay. So I haven't written my review for it for Instagram yet, but that's okay. Um, something that I like, I didn't really like about it was the characters that like, like the transcriptionist and the woman that she was falling for their age gap was like so big. It was like 18 years or something Mm -hmm. and like for no matter if it's a heterosexual or homosexual like whatever like I just feel like that age gap is like so big it like kind of gave me the ick for the girl because the one that was older the older Mm -hmm. woman she was like 40 something so like the younger woman wasn't like underage or anything like that like she was like fully formed brain like you know she was like 27 and 28 like like it wasn't like she was like this young girl or whatever yeah but it's like the transcriptionist was the one that like kept the secret that she like knew all these things about the younger woman's like sessions. So she kind of had this like upper hand and she was like 18 like years older. And it just kind of like, I don't know why that part like felt like so icky to me. And I couldn't stop thinking about that the whole time I was reading. And it just felt like such like a power struggle, like age gap wise. I don't know. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Like it. For sure. Yeah. I feel weird. And I feel that way about like, male and female relationships too like I'm not like saying like, it was just because like they're both Bial, Nick Bial no. Nick Bial and his girlfriend yeah that, they're like 18 yeah. years apart like that yeah and I just can't help but think even like just a few years apart the the cultural differences of like growing up in the 80s versus the 90s or like stuff like that and just like yeah I don't know it's kind of icky I mean 18 years that's a long time that's a long time yes that's almost 20, 20 years apart basically yeah you imagine like when you're 20 years old like there's a baby I know that you I know you're not dating the baby but it's still just like yeah like a child like I don't know it's just weird yeah so that part like kind of rubbed me the wrong way and I think that's why maybe I rated it a little bit lower because like I just did not like that part and that wasn't really like addressed with why their relationship was like kind of wrong you know that wasn't addressed in the book I mean like the the age gap was addressed but like in the book, like, the reason, like, the relationship was so wrong is because, like, the woman, the transcriptionist, was basically lying, like, about who she was. Like, that was, like, what was wrong. But to me, I'm like, but you were also, like, a lot older. Like, you know better. You should know better. (laughs) It's like a 40-something-year-old woman, like, almost 50 years old. I don't know. So, there was that book. Um, Then I read a horror book. Actually, like, not like a like thriller, like a horror book. A it's horror. Called Black, yeah, it's called Black Sheep by Rachel Harrison, and it was so good. I'm not gonna lie though, I had a bad dream about it. Like after I finished the book, <laughs> like That's- it was definitely like devilish, like satanic, like type Ew. of stuff. Like, what was, like, drew you to this book? Like, what? Why did huh? you pick it up? Why did you pick this book up? 
It just well, okay. So in the description, it was like um, the the family was like not like a normal family, quote unquote normal family, and she like left this. They described it as like a staunchly religious community. So when I first read it. I didn't know what the, like, it didn't say, like, what the religion was. And then, like, halfway through, like, a, well, no, maybe not halfway, like, a third through, I realized they were worshiping Satan. I <laughs> didn't Because, you know, I'm, like, all about these, like, culty books. So I was, like, yeah. oh, a, like, religious cult? Yeah. Like, sign me up. Like, I want to read about that. <laughs> and it ended up being, like, like <laughs> oh, I don't like that. <laughs> but it was so good. I rated it five stars. Like, the book was, like, amazing. Like, I flew oh. through it. It was just it kept me on my toes. It was so crazy and interesting. It was Black Sheep by Rachel Harrison again. For oh, wow. to read that. Um, and then I read our book of the month, Bright Young Women. And then I saw this series on Goodreads. Um, it's called The Improbable Meat Cute. And it's a series of six short stories written by like, um, Romance authors that are like pretty popular, like Abby uh, Jimenez, Christina Lauren, mm-hmm. Sally Thorne. Um, they wrote like these Valentine's Day centered um, short stories, and they weren't. They're like literally like fifty to hundred pages, like each one. So they're like little, just like snippet stories. It's not like enough to be like a full novel or whatever. But wow. they were all like, really cute. I've just finished the fifth one this morning. So I'm about to start the sixth one. Um, and they were all centered around Valentine's Day. Like that was mentioned in each book. Um, but yeah, they were really cute. And I think I figured out why I don't really like romance books normally. And like, I liked these. Mm-hmm. I think because like romance books normally, like the conflict in them, I normally roll my eyes at. Whereas these were so short and they like barely had any time to have any sort of like real like conflict like and a lot of times for like romance books like a lot of conflict is like miscommunication yeah and like to me that's like an annoying trope um but for these it was just like it it was the meet cute was like the thing so it was like two people like meeting in like a odd like way and just just cute you know yeah that's cute I didn't know that that was a thing but I like that yeah um so that's all I've read (laughs) that's perfect that's a good month. Um, so segueing to our next little um, bit, uh, just go t- to get to know the bookstagrammers, I'm a little this or that. So I'm going to ask you and then I'll chime in after you um, answer about what mine is. But this or that bookstagram edition, do you prefer hardcovers or paperbacks? I don't know. That's a hard one. I think paperback. Yeah not like a definite answer though it's no that one's not very definite for me yeah I, paperback is like easier to like fit in like your bag or your purse like hardcover feels kind of like permanent permanent yeah yeah but they look nicer on my shelf yeah that's all I was gonna say I like actually physically holding a paperback typically more but yeah I like the the hardcover on my shelf but I do get to a point in a paperback like towards the end or the beginning I hate like it's when it's not like this sounds so ridiculous when you're holding it, it's not like equal yeah it bothers me mm-hmm. but like when I'm in the middle of a paperback that's my favorite oh yeah <laughs> if that makes sense um kindle or physical copy kindle 
I okay so I love a physical book to put on my shelf yeah but reading on my kindle is a lot easier for me I feel like I read a lot more mm-hmm. I do that yeah I love, my- I love going to the bookstore like I love going to like a store and like looking at all the books yeah and like I'll look at the books and then I'll go buy it on my kindle that's so funny. I like definitely have a purpose for my Kindle and I read faster on my Kindle and I take it with me everywhere. So I'll have two books at a mm-hmm. time going one on my Kindle and then I'll have a physical copy book. Um, but I definitely enjoy like the physical copy, like the smells, like the way, like going to a bookstore. Like I do like think like, I, I, I love a good book cover. I love a good book cover. I think I remember physical copy books better than I remember books in my Kindle as well. I don't know why. Yeah, That's true. Do you prefer coffee or tea? I prefer coffee. A latte, actually. A latte. Yeah. I prefer coffee as well. I drink Um, tea. But coffee, I drink coffee or like I drink a latte every day. So yeah. Um, are you a I know I think we've we've said this so many times, but (laughs) mood reader or a TBR follower? Uh mood reader for sure. I mean, like I'll like go through everything like that's on my like want to read list mm-hmm. um on go- uh Goodreads, but then it'll just depend on my mood for which one I pick. Like Yeah. I definitely also need- my mood depends on like the rating too. Sorry. What do you mean? Oh, on Goodreads? Like if I'm like not like in that great of a mood and I'm reading a book and it's like it's just like an okay book, mm-hmm. then I'm probably not gonna rate it as high as if I was in like a better mood. I don't so I guess I'm taking mood reader to like thanks dream <laughs> a different level that's so funny I don't know. I'm definitely a mood reader um which is why I, I do like reading two books at the same time because sometimes I'll be in the mood to read like one book and then and they're very drastic books that I will have like on my kindle or like physical copy yeah but I'm a book buyer so like it's like on my shelf I have so many books on my shelf I haven't read so I like go to my shelf to f- determine like what mood I'm gonna be in and so poor some of my books I just feel like I'll never be in the mood for them after <laughs> I bought them like I like really only buy the book once I've determined I'm in the mood for it otherwise yeah. I would waste so much money yeah, I <laughs> well, not wasted money but like I'm just saying like I would spend so much money that I didn't actually like yeah read it yeah I did like my mom will read it or it'll just be a trope like a little trophy trophy on my shelf of like yeah. book props that I have um do you like to read in your bed or like on a couch or a chair better? Um, I used to be like more of like a bed reader, but now most of the time when I read, um, it's in the nursery chair in my daughter's bedroom. Wow. So I guess the chair is my. Yeah, I love. I know I have like a huge chair that I love reading in in my living room or like my book room, but. I definitely love reading my bed way more. Like there's nothing more satisfying than like getting like all like curled up in bed and like have my book there. That's my favorite. All righty. Well, that's, that's the, this or that. Um, Jumping into our book of the month, Bright Young Women by Jessica Knoll. Um, I'm going to read the synopsis. And an extraordinary novel inspired by the real life sorority tragedy targeted by America's first celebrity serial killer in his final murder spree. January 1978, a serial killer has terrorized women across the Pacific Northwest, but his existence couldn't be further from the minds of the vibrant young women in the top sorority on Florida State University's campus in Tallahassee. 
Tonight is a night of promise, excitement, and desire, but Pamela, president of the sorority, makes the unpopular decision to stay home, a decision that unwittingly saves her life. Started awake at 3 a.m. by a strange sound, she makes the fateful decision to investigate. What she finds behind the door is a scene of implausible violence. Two of her sisters dead, two others maimed. Over the next few days, Pamela is, in, is thrust into a terrifying mystery inspired by the crime that's captivated public interest for more than four decades. On the other side of this country, Tina Cannon has found peace in Seattle after years of hardship. A chance encounter brings 25-year-old Ruth into her life, a young woman with a painful secret of her own, and two form and the two form an instant connection. When Ruth goes missing from the Lake Samish State Park in broad daylight, surrounded by thousands of beachgoers on a beautiful summer day, Tina devotes herself to finding out what happened to her. When she hears about the tragedy in Tallahassee, she knows it's the man the man the papers refer to as the all-American serial sex killer. Determined to make him and him answer for what he did to Ruth, she travels to Florida on a collision course with Pamela and one last impending tra- and one last impending tragedy. Bright Young Women Women is the story about two women from opposite sides of the country who become sisters in their favorite sorry, their fervent pursuit of the truth. It proposes a new narrative inspired by the evidence that this has been glossed over for decades in favor of more salable headlines that the so-called brilliant and charismatic serial killer from Seattle was far more average than the countless books, movies, and primetime specials he led to believe, and that it was the women whose lives he cut short were the ones were the exceptional ones. Ooh, Ooh. that was awful. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was. All right. So we're going to hop into the questions. Um, our first one. Do you consider yourself a fan of true crime? Why or why not? If yes, what kinds of content do you consume and what about it draws your interest? Do you share this interest with anyone else in your life? Hmm. Um, I'm like a very mindful person of what I consume and like keeping my like peace. And so I typically stay away from any like horror, true crime, like anything negative. Like I am all like rainbows and sunshine, peaceful person um like I like a thriller here and there but if it's like too dark then I don't like it Mm -hmm. um except recently after The Bachelor there has been like a a true crime show coming on and just you watch that first five minutes and you're hooked like you have to know what happened and so I've been getting into that but no I I do not like typical and I have been having bad dreams after that so I'm like (laughs) I can't probably (laughs) stop I just don't typically like like that I know. I feel like there's like a whole like community of people that like are really into like true crime podcasts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I have not really been like um, interested in it. Like, I don't really know why. I'm just, I normally don't like veer towards that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I did used to listen to a, I cannot remember the name of it, but when I worked one of my old jobs, uh, me and my coworker used to always like listen to a podcast and it would have like the true crime thing. And they would, like, the host would, like, read stories that were true crime. Mm-hmm. But that's the only time I've really ever listened to it. I don't even remember what the name of the podcast was. But it was really popular at the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, like, kind of hard to, since it is, like, true crime, it is someone else's, like, story. And mm-hmm. it's kind of hard since we're, like, using it as entertainment in a way, you know? And yeah. I understand, like, I'm not, like, yucking anyone else's yum. Like, I'm not trying to 
do that. So like, if you like true crime, like that's perfectly fine. I just, for me, it's sometimes I like think a little bit more about it as like, I'm like getting entertainment from Mm -hmm. someone else's like what happened to someone else. But then again, there's like also times, I don't know if you remember last year that like Idaho thing with like the college students Mm -hmm. that came up on my TikTok like crazy like and I would always tune into that so like it is like really it does really draw you in it does yeah um or like the the Gabby Petito case a few years ago like I feel like that like really like the information like it was happening at the time Mm -hmm. really drew me in but I wouldn't say like if they made like a lifetime documentary or like something like that I don't think I would tune into it I was just kind of like keeping up on the news cycle with it yeah I guess does feed into you know people making more stories and stuff about it so I guess yeah I'm part of the problem but (laughs) no I think like yeah it's different like happening in real life and you're like watching the case unfold and then like people that go back and listen to true crime this is what happened in like the 1970s right so like this is like I mean Ted Bundy is still such like a like famous prominent person in like pop culture like you know, here mm-hmm. we are like so many years later so that's pretty wild um I yeah I just like I'm a very sensitive person and so then yeah if especially when I know it's real I have a really hard time letting that go like with thriller I can read it and it's not real so I can just like put that in a different place in my mind but when it's like true then I yeah. just there and like harbor like my like empathy towards like <laughs> everyone in the book and all that stuff so that's hard. I did listen to the true crime podcast for the DC sniper recently, maybe a few years ago, but that's something like we lived through. So it's like interesting for me to listen to it, you know, 20 some years later. And like, cause I was a kid at the time. And so listening back and hearing the details was like pretty cool for me because I lived it, you know? And so, yeah. but that's about the only case I've ever been like truly interested in. Yeah. It's weird for sure. Yeah. And like the synopsis said that Ted Bundy has gotten so much publicity and there's like Zach Efron's playing him in movies and like there's like just it's just like he is like celebrity like status yeah. I find it kind of gross so I liked that this book was about like the other side of it yeah um, um. the characters refer to the killer <laughs> as the defendant throughout the whole story, never once giving him a real name. Why do you think that Jessica chose to do this? And how does that impact your understanding of the novel? Um, I think she just didn't want to make him like personable in a way, like giving him a name yeah. gives him more um, like personifies him basically just calling him de- the defendant makes him less important yeah. to the reader. And I think like her purpose of, the book was to really center the story around the women that he killed and not so much him. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I like that so much. I think that the news stories and the news sources have been doing that a lot recently with the people. Like if anyone's committing a crime, they're not getting as much attention as they used to. And I really appreciate yeah. that from like news sources too. Yeah. Um, and how did it under impact your understanding of the novel? Um, at first it was like, a little confused since they, like he didn't have a name in the book yeah you know but I then once reading it I like understood her like purpose for doing that mm-hmm. but in the beginning I'm kind of like can we just like say who it is like yeah everyone else here has a name but I get it um discuss how modern culture and technology would impact the likelihood of such events playing out in today's world 
Yeah, I thought about this a lot because when she sees the defendant leaving the house, like most likely this to like today in this day and age, we would have a phone. So we could either snap yeah. a picture, we could call 911. Like there have been so many instant actions. Yeah. In that instance. And even for the girls like that were victimized, like they could have they probably would have had a phone like next to their bed where they could have done something or yeah. Yeah. I mean, like in today's day and age, like it would be on TikTok within like five minutes. Yeah, it would be the story would be out there like people would and if people really cared about it, like certain stories do get picked up because of social media. Yeah, I think maybe it wouldn't have like drawn out. He wouldn't have gotten so many like women killed and girls killed Um, if it were this day and age. Like I know people can say like social media is like all these like bad things, but I do think like there are some good things like that could come out of it if it were in today's time. And, like, in Ruth's in- instance, like, maybe, like, so many people have my location. And so, like, someone, like, people would have known where I was or, like, my phone yeah. tracking me, even if I wasn't no longer there. Like, they could have found my phone. They could have found my body or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why did the detectives push Pamela's original suspicion that the intruder was Roger? I think the, the investigators also wanted an easy way out. Like, if it was Roger, he's an easy suspect. They can pin it on him pretty easy. He has, like, motives. It's, like, ex-boyfriend, boyfriend guy, on and off. Yeah. Such an easy way for it to just close case. I also think it was a way for them to, like, mess with her, like, mental state in a way. Like, they just, like, keep questioning her. And then she eventually, like, starts thinking, like, oh, am I, like, the crazy one? Like, you know, like, they question it so much. And it it makes, if they question it so many times and keep bringing it up, in court it makes it look like she's unreliable and so they kept wanting to push like the narrative that she was not reliable because she said it and she took it back yeah um and like it annoyed me so much in the book I'm like she said it so many times like yeah I don't think it was Roger my first instinct was that it must have been Roger because his girlfriend literally lives in this house yeah, and there maybe there were like similarities. Maybe there were similar height, or like you know, you glance and you thought it was someone that you didn't like. But that yeah. also gives you more am- ammo to find the person because you can say, "Oh, there must be similarities to this person, not yeah. this person." They just like kept wanting to make her look so crazy. Yeah. Um, there were many deaths and losses presented in the course of this story. Which one resonated the most with you? Um definitely her her best friend um because that was the most I think the most that she talked about I would like to say Ruth because like in the end like I feel like that was the most like we saw her side of it which was really traumatic and and sad um but just Pamela like coping and grieving through losing her best friend I feel like that was the hardest yeah I agree um I feel like that one I resonated with Denise's the most because we've learned about hers right off the bat yeah we also like heard about how she died with like the hairspray bottle thing so like throughout the whole story like we know this information about her um Mm -hmm. and having to tell her parents and her parents like thinking that she's alive and then she wasn't and like how devastating that was and and then we know throughout the book that Ruth does die, but we don't really, like, know how and stuff until the end. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really, like, picture Ruth, like, dead throughout a lot of the book. Yeah. You know, because it, like, was – she had chapters that were hers. Yeah. So it was 
it wasn't until the end and then like it obviously final hit, finally hits you in like the last chapter what happens to ruth yeah we get little bits and pieces but the end is like the final kicker <laughs> share your thoughts on tina tina <laughs> um i was kind of like grossed out with her at first i don't know why she gave me the ick um i guess because like you're like kind of skeptical on her you're forced to be a little bit skeptical of like what her motives are um and like with Ruth I don't know why like we, I felt like she was like influencing Ruth too much and she's yeah. like, I don't know like she had like an ick about her relationship with Ruth and then after Ruth died it was still kind of an ick so I just like didn't care for her that much but then I did have some sympathy after Ruth died I don't know why it made me feel more sympathetic for Tina after we find yeah, out because what- you oh. knew that they like loved each other by the end and yeah stuff. But I do feel like Tina was just, like, kind of thrust upon us as a reader. And they definitely made her come off as kind of untrustworthy in the beginning because, like, people were telling Pamela, like, don't get too close to her, don't get too close to her. And so as a reader, I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I should, like, really believe everything that this woman is saying. Like, she's a gold digger. What she's, like, kind of bringing to the table. Um, And then I think I, like, warmed up a little bit more to her towards, like, the middle of the book like I knew she was trying to do good because of what happened to her with her with Ruth yeah Um, and she was really trying to like you know be the one to get this guy Mm. but I did also feel like she was always constantly telling other people how to feel yeah you know and that kind of like really bothered me like she was always telling like Ruth like how to feel like in regards to her family yeah and she was kind of like also I feel like she was kind of telling Pamela Mm-hmm. how to feel and like trying to like basically take like Pamela's case and like she had Tina had so much like stock in it because like the same thing like basically happened to her that she was like take it felt like she was like taking over Pamela's yeah thing yeah she's very like I don't know the word for it just like not intrusive but she's just very like overpowering overbearing overpowering, yeah like um but like she definitely had good intentions like once I realized that she like wasn't a bad guy <laughs> I you know, I, I liked her and stuff. It's just like she kind of like rubbed me the wrong way in the beginning. Her character did. Yeah. Um, talk about Carl's role and the impact he played in this story. Why did Jessica Knoll include him in the story she told? I know I kind of went back and forth with Carl's role because at some point I was like, why is Carl here? Like, what is his point? Like, I feel like he was just kind of like a thorn in the side and some of, some of it and then like less than helpful in the other parts. Yeah, well, I mean, he ended up, like, kind of turning on Pamela. Like, he was there to help at first, and then he just completely, like, used the story for his own personal gains and, like, professional gains and stuff. And I feel like this was, like, Jessica Knoll kind of being, like, trust no man. (laughs) Oh, that's true. (laughs) I feel like that was, like, what she was trying to say with Carl's character. And every man in the story was deceptive. Yeah. Um... What did you know of the Ted Bundy murders before? How did this impact your interest in and experience reading the book? Um, yeah, I didn't know too much about Ted Bundy, honestly. Like, I like definitely knew like Efron like played his character, but I don't think I ever watched that or anything. I just I didn't know anything. So it was I, I at first I had no idea this was about Ted Bundy. I didn't either. Okay. I saw these like when I got these questions online, they like kept referencing Ted Bundy, and I was like, oh, this book was about Ted Bundy. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I like, like, I think I watched like the beginning of the Ted Bundy thing with Zac Efron, but then I like didn't. I fell asleep or didn't watch it. But he like a uh, he like 
was in Oregon or something and took a girl. Mm -hmm. uh, he took a girl in his car. Like he, he, I just knew he was like a charismatic guy who like took girls. I didn't know he escaped from jail. I looked that up after this. Like he like did all these. Oh, I didn't know things. that. Like he was. I didn't. I didn't know that this character was like strictly like about Ted Bundy. Like I thought maybe it was like like based off of him. Yeah, and it was like fictional, like all the things that happened. But no, this book was like Ted Bundy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm like, so I've been like reading about like since after finishing the book. Yeah. And trying to learn more. Um, but like I don't really feel like I have interest in like looking up anything about him. Like I've, I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't really want to. I don't know. I just don't really feel interested in looking up anything about him. And he was like, like I said, in the 70s. Okay. We're in 2024. Like the fact that he's even still relevant just grosses me out. I think if I had wanted to learn more about him, I would have done so by now. Yeah. Since, like you said, it was back in the, the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what role did sexuality play in this story? How did it impact what happened to Tina and Ruth? I don't... I was thinking about this. I don't know. Was Tina more... Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, she trusts... Like, I don't know. As a... Is it because I'm heterosexual or just because I'm a woman that I would never trust a man enough to, like, go with him anywhere he took me? I you mean, like, how Ruth, like, went with yeah. the, the defendant? I how, yeah, I don't know how she was so easily, like, she's a lesbian. She And she was, yet she was so charmed by him to just, like, go with him. Was she just naive to the fact that he was, like, coming on to her like that? Because she's a lesbian? I feel like she was, like, a people pleaser in a way. Like, she, like, got herself into, like, a sticky situation by being a people pleaser. Yeah. You know, like, you know, when you just say like, yes, too many times. And then you're like, what the yeah. heck am I doing? Like, why am I here? Like, yeah, I feel like that was like what ended up happening to her. And she had such a tough day, like already. And she just was kind of just going with whatever this man, like, which is like Loki. So crazy. I would never get in a car with a stranger, especially a man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't say same with me. And like the white Ten Bundy typically got his victims was like the charmer, like flirting, like seducing women to get them. To, yeah. to get them. So I was like kind of shocked that Tina fell victim to that. Yeah, I do think, like, the role of, like, their sexuality, like, being, like, lesbians did really impact a lot of, um, like, their family members and stuff, though, because, like, yeah. her mom was, like, so upset. Like, the whole family, her whole family was, like, really, like, upset with her about it. Yeah. And I just think it, like, kind of is, I guess, what it was like maybe in the 70s For to sure. be a lesbian, like the family kind of like disowned her almost it seemed like like after Ruth disappeared like her mom just kind of said like oh she ran away yeah and I think it's because she like kind of already decided that she was like disowning Ruth yeah. in a way well, I think that they she was already disowned when she was caught with her brother's girlfriend yeah like they they didn't care anymore I don't think they took her and I don't think they took Ruth and Tina's relationship seriously because they were lesbians yeah that was that's wild and then and then they ended up distancing themselves because of that. Yeah. But then tell me why that's why I didn't trust Tina. Because I thought Tina was going to come on to Pamela. And I'm like, oh, Tina's just trying to get Pamela in some way. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I kept, thought they were you know, like different ages. Maybe they weren't. They okay. were. And like, totally. Like, I just, that's why I still thought that Tina kind of influenced Ruth. Like, was very like overbearing. Like, got Ruth that way. Yeah. So I felt like that's what was going to happen with Pamela. Oh, I didn't see that happening. It didn't happen, but I don't know why. Yeah, I know, I know. I I didn't, like, think about that happening when it... I just thought, like, Tina was, like, just so overbearing. Yeah. In the beginning. 
Um, how fearful are you that a similar situation could still play out? How much does this fear impact your life? And what precautions do you take to protect yourself against danger? Oh, yeah. I think about I don't this. know why I did this question. <laughs> I just, I mean, as a woman, I think about this all the time. Like, I'm like, yes, in the neighborhood. And I'm like, is someone following me? Like, what's happening? Like, I, I have like a cat keychain on my keys in case like I need to protect myself. Like, I don't know. I think about this a lot. Um, yeah. I always I think about it when I'm putting awesome. my daughter in her car seat. Yes. I like, think about it a lot. I'm like, someone could just like come up behind me and like mm-hmm. snatch my key or whatever out of my hand and just drive off. Like, yeah. Okay. Maybe I have like anxiety too, but <laughs> well, I think as a mother, that's normal. Like so many times yeah. I've been putting my kids in the car and I'm like trying to watch my back because like, that's where, where you're vulnerable or like, even just walking through a parking lot with kids and I'm like all slow. Like I have three, like I can't like pick them all up and run. Yeah. Like, what am I going to do? Like I'm a sitting duck. I feel like a lot of times. So yeah, I think about that a lot. Yeah. I like trying to not let stuff like that, like fog my like life and stuff. But like, I definitely think about it probably a lot more now that I've become a mom for sure. Yeah. I took like a police class too, to just like think like a police officer, not to be like scared, but to honestly feel more empowered when I'm out by myself that I'm like thinking through things like the police department, like taught me to think through. So, yeah. Um, did the ending answer any questions you still had? What did you think about finally knowing the truth in Ruth's in Ruth's case? That was a relief. Like I was the whole book. I wanted to know what happened to Ruth. So finally also, figuring that out was good. Yeah. Also, sorry to like sidebar this one, but she kept alluding like when they were talking about Ruth's dad that he had a secret the whole time. I don't know. Did we figure out what his secret was? Yeah, he was homosexual. Oh, did they ever come out and say that? Yeah. Or was it just kind of like alluded? Because it like seemed like that's what was like kind of going on, but they like never really like gave it. They said that Ruth's mom hated her the same way she hated her dad because they were both homosexuals. Oh, okay. Sorry. Didn't mean to like hear off of that one, but I needed that answer. That was one of the things I like needed answered throughout the book. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I would say I agree with you. Like knowing what finally happened to Ruth at the end um, was good. I needed to, I needed to know that. <laughs> I kind of wish we had clips of that. All right. What are your thoughts on Noel's writing style and the book as a whole? I don't know if this was just me, but I had a really hard time with all the characters and all the flip-flopping time frames and going back and forth and knowing the story was who. Yeah, it was definitely kind of confusing, I thought for sure. I don't like her writing and I felt like she like, wrote as if she had like inside jokes like with herself like that was like, <laughs> not clear to like the reader like when I was reading some things I was like I don't understand what she's like getting at <laughs> that's Does that make so sense? funny I don't know maybe that's why I felt too because in some points I was very confused what was happening I was too like she would like go on and on and describe something like and then it would just like go back to what she was like talking about beforehand I don't know I just didn't think she was like a very organized writer yeah um, but I also read her other book called Luckiest Girl Alive. Oh, and I, yeah. think I, I read that one. Or I rated that one pretty high at the time that I read it. But I kind of also felt the same way. Like how it was a little like wishy-washy, word salady, Like, yeah, you know, that's kind of how I felt. And like, it's, it's frustrating to read a book like that. Like it exactly. really impacted like how I rated. Exactly. And I think that's like one thing to feel wishy-washy and all over the place when you're writing with one main character. But when you're including like, chapters from multiple points of view it's worse 
Yeah. I don't like that at all. I was so confused. And timelines. We're jumping back 20 years or 30, you know, like, and then we're jumping forward and I don't know what's happening. And I did not realize until like halfway through, even though they had the dates that Ruth, like Ruth's story and like Denise's story were like only like four or five years apart from each other. Oh, I didn't realize that either. I'm like 95% sure. Well, you can't give me a date at the beginning of the chapter and expect I'm going to remember it the whole book. I'm sorry. No, I'm never going to remember that. <laughs> I don't know like what's happening. Yeah. Especially like, so all over the place. Like if it was like one person and it was like, okay, December. And then I would like, know, okay, now it's March. Or like, it's like linear. Yeah. But when it's not linear, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. It was definitely really, I don't know. I'm not a fan of the writing style. Um, and I ended up giving the book two stars. Oh man. Okay. Because of that, it just like frustrated me to no end. I was like, how can I enjoy this book when I'm like sitting yeah. here, like kind of confused by this lady's writing? Yeah. Oh, I agree. That's why I, I gave it three stars. Um, because I think the ending, I would have given it two. I really did like the ending with Ruth. Like it, it, yeah. my, it pulled my heartstrings somehow. And that always gets me at the end. If it's like a good ending, then I'll grade it up at least like one and a half, one, one to a half star. But yeah, yeah. it's very frustrating to read. And I was like, I just want this to be over. I don't, I'm not enjoying it. I this. did too. I don't know. It's maybe if it wasn't a book of the month, I might have not finished it. Yeah. I think like my real true rating for it would be like a 2.4. Mm. stars um if we did like decimals and stuff yeah um but yeah I like could not wait for it to be over it took me forever to read and I just felt frustrated I feel like the story had so much potential I think that's like what the problem for me was like when we like are talking about these discussion questions like I don't feel like you would know that I didn't really like this book exactly yeah like yeah until right now (laughs) when I'm telling you yeah like the book had so much potential yeah even reading I've never never read a story like this yeah, even reading the synopsis again, I'm like, dang, that sounds like a good book. I would love that read yeah. that book. And I was like vibing with it. But then the actual book was just beyond confusing. And I'm like questioning my intelligence the whole time I'm reading it. Like, am I missing something? Am- I'm like, but this book- is what I'm like saying earlier when you were like, are you a mood reader or yeah. like a TBR? And and I was like, um, sometimes like my mood at the time of reading also affects it. I was also kind of wondering... Mm-hmm. it's because I was like not in like a great mood while I was reading it and I do know that yeah if that also affected my reading maybe yeah like maybe had I been like feeling better yeah would I rated it higher yeah man it's tough to say but unfortunately she was read at a time where I was not in that great of a mood so I'm very sorry Miss Jessica Noel yeah womp womp but in the brighter news I'm really, really excited for our next book of the month. And I know almost 100% that it will be like a four or five star for me. Um, I love that confidence. <laughs> I'm I'm really excited for the book too. Yeah. But I have rated one of her books a little lower. Yeah, like and it's my favorite four. of hers. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> I rated your favorite lower because your favorite is yeah. my least favorite and my favorite is your least favorite. Yeah. Yeah. But I am really excited for it because it's been a while. And so for February, we are reading The Women by Kristen Hanna. Yay! Yay! Super excited for that. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed our episode. Yes. Um, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.